Chargers head coach Brandon Staley spoke with the media at the first of the team's organized team activities and had some enlightening comments, David, and it seems like some of the 2021 Chargers starters could be on the hot seat headed into 2022. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons together. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow for free on all podcast platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. But we are going to be talking about Brandon Staley and talking to the media at OTAs and what he had to say about certain players. But David, we have to start just by sending out our thoughts and prayers and our condolences to all those who were affected by the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas with 21 people losing their life at this point as we're recording it, 19 children gunned down in a school shooting just as such a disgusting act something that happens in the state where you live and as a parent I mean I just can't imagine what that feels like to drop your kid off at school and think they're going to be safe and then have something so disgusting happen David I just wouldn't feel right to start the show with anything else other than just sending our thoughts and prayers and hoping that something finally changes yeah this senseless violence has to stop i mean it, it has no place in our world and you know as a parent it scares the hell out of you to you know send your son your daughter to school and not know if they're going to be safe uh, in a place in an institution where you trust that they're going to be there to learn and that they're going to be protected while they're at school it just it hurts to see this and i hope that we don't have to see this ever again Always. I mean, it, it's just crazy. You know, it, it's terrible that we have to start a sports show like this talking about something like this. But when something like this happens, you have to take a moment because you can't let yourself get numb to something so crazy because you want to be able to pick your kid up from school and something I'm sure a lot of parents don't even think about. And it just sucks that you have to get to a point like this where we have to discuss something that's just so crazy and just such a, you know, disgusting despicable act but david we know a lot of people come here to get an escape from some of that stuff and we have a lot of great things to talk about today including brian Staley, who is always great on the microphone especially you know when he's talking about the starting spots or maybe lack thereof for guys like jerry tillery and michael davis guys we were just talking about on make it or break it david and both of them come up in this first press conference from brian and Staley from the otas and he also got to open up about some new players like kyle van noy and bryce callahan and he also got to talk about you know, how much of a benefit it is going into his second season as the Chargers head coach and how much it's going to help him, how much it's going to help Justin Herbert and everybody else because now they're picking up where they left off, which is not something they could really say last year. But David, one of the biggest things that we've talked about this offseason is Jerry Tillery and not always in the best way, right? Because the team did not pick up his fifth-year option. He's now not at the organized team activities, and they're voluntary, right? So you don't want to read too much into that. But obviously, if your contract doesn't get picked up and you're now going into a season where you don't have any guaranteed money coming after that for sure, right? That That's hard to take good <laughs> in a good way for sure. Yeah. But this is what Steely had to say on Terry Tillery and kind of where he fits into this defensive line unit, which is much improved and there's a lot of new faces in that room and he said is he's going to fit into the competition of guys that we have that are going to try to earn a role i think that during the springtime during training camp all those guys are going to have to really duke it out to establish themselves 
Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson are proven NFL players. They're proven NFL players. Khalil Max, a proven NFL player. Derwin James is a proven NFL player. Then there's a bunch of guys that are trying to put themselves to earn their way in the league. And I would put him in that category. So, David, we talked a lot about, you know, not just handing Jerry Tillery the, the starting rule because he's a first-round pick. And, and, you know, everything that went into how much he played last season and, and the struggles that he had last season. Now it seems like nothing's getting handed to him, right? Like, at the very least, I mean, I'm not going to say his spot on the roster is in jeopardy, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not ready to go that far with it yet. But at the very least, he's not getting talked about in the same air as guys like Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, who are, he's basically saying those guys don't really have to fight for their starting role, at least the way I'm kind of reading between the lines here. Jerry Tillery is a guy that will have to fight for it. The tone around how Jerry Tillery is spoken about has clearly changed. Last year, it was, you know, he's a starter. He's going to play a lot of, you know, a lot of snaps for us. We're, you know, we're excited about what he's going to do in this defense. This year, it's, he's going to have to earn his role in this defense because nothing's going to be handed to him anymore. This is not going to be a year where you're going to see Jerry Tillery sit out preseason games because he's going to have to earn his spot. I'm not going to say his spot on the roster is in jeopardy like you, but I will say his starting role on the roster is most certainly in jeopardy. Well, and the thing is, is even if it, we're not thinking his like actual roster spot is totally like up for grabs, like if there was ever a year that it was, it would be this season, right? I mean, it, it wasn't oh, yeah. even a conversation that could be had. And last year, it just seemed like whether it was out of necessity or what, the Chargers knew they had to try to make it work. And so to Brandon Staley with Jerry Tillery this year, there's other options, right? So he is going to have to work for it, and he should, right? Because the thing is, is if he goes out there and he's absolutely tearing things apart, he's going to play. Yeah. And he's going to have a starting role on this team. But now you have someone like Morgan Fox that's thrown into that combination of guys that you have in there, right? And some more proven players, as Brandon Staley's putting it. Because he also didn't say Morgan Fox is a proven player, right? So he's not just giving him Jerry Tillery's role. But now you have a guy in that role who Brandon Staley says his specialty is rushing the passer, and that – is really the you know what everyone thinks that Jerry Tillery is on the field for like that that is what he brings to the table pass rushing but he did say that Morgan Fox was a starter in their defense when it was known pass next to Aaron Donald sure so you know you didn't say he was going to be the starter the but I mean yeah. that does indicate that you know he has experience doing that role in Brandon Staley's defense and then, and the funny thing is they both have the same amount of time in Brandon Staley's defense, right? They both spent one season with him, but Morgan Fox in that season and many less, many fewer snaps had, you know, six sacks, and that's more than uh, Jerry Tillery has ever had in one season. But another guy kind of falls into that same gray area as a former starter in 2021 that we're not quite sure about going into 2022 is Michael Davis, another guy we had on the Make It or Break It show because he does have a $9.4 million cap hit coming up in 2023. And he was asked where he fits into this new and improved secondary group. And he said, Vato is going to be right in the mix there. It's going to be a very competitive in the secondary. I think what we've done is acquired a lot of depth in order to make it a competition. And I think that is it is what we are after really in all phases of our team. And now, David, it's not as cut and dry as it was last year. We knew that Michael Davis, I mean, last year was going into the season basically a CB1, right? And was yep. coming off of his best season as a pro. Then he really struggled, you know, and and never really seemed to fit in in Brandon Staley's defense. And we'll talk about what he had to say about Bryce Callahan and his versatility playing inside and outside. But now it's, you know, 
the three best secondary players are who he says are going to be out there. So there's nothing right now that's telling us that that's not going to be some combination of Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel Jr., and J.C. Jackson. So he's definitely not handing Michael Davis even a starting role, even with the contract that he has. Not at all. And, I mean, the way things are are set up right now, it's it's kind of easy to conceive that Michael Davis might go from going into the season as a CB1 to now being the CB4 possibly and that being <laughs> such a gigantic shift and such a difference because I mean he's got guys now that have played in his defense and are the type of defenders and defensive backs that he wants to have out there and Michael Davis like we talked about on last Davis the uh, last uh, yesterday's show excuse me um it has a lot of great traits as a corner but he might not fit best in Brandon Staley's defense. So he's going to have to prove to himself and to Brandon Staley and to everyone else that he does belong in this defense. And I mean, it's not bad depth to have, even if he doesn't start, like I think not at if all. the Chargers are at their best, it's him winning the job because I mean, that means he's come a long way in Brandon Staley's defense. And we know the athletic ability has never been the issue there. And you can always use a guy who has his size, his length, right. And yeah. I mean, his speed, obviously, on the field, but you also have to not be a liability. So he's going into it. it he's a very well-liked guy, right? Obviously with the team, around the team. He's a very beloved player, seemingly, from the outside looking in in that locker room. But right now, he's going to be fighting for snaps, and so is Asante Samba Jr., and so is Bryce Callahan, because the only proven player that we know is going to be a no-doubt-about-it starter right there is going to be J.C. Jackson. I mean, Bryce Callahan has proven it, though. So he has legit competition, and this just goes to kind of what we've been talking about, where the competition is just getting so crazy that these players are going to have to come in every day and prove that they should be getting snaps on this team, which is a great problem to have, David. And so one of those guys that could come in and try to take that is Bryce Callahan. And Brian Staley did talk about Callahan as well as what that means for Asante Samuel Jr. Will he be playing inside? Will he be playing outside? We'll also talk about what he had to say about the right tackle situation. It seems like Matt Filer is a name that is still on the table. So we're getting to that coming up after this but i think as far as these two guys go it just goes to further you know push the notion that these guys are going to absolutely be fighting for their spots on this roster and in the starting rotation but i think that they they're gonna have to go a long ways from where we saw them last year i mean it's gonna be an everyday process and right now jerry tillery is not out there so it's hard to say that that's helping him at this point but one product that I do use every day is AG1 from Athletic Greens, and I really love it because one of the things that's happened for me a lot is my fiance, and I'm sure a lot of you can you know relate with your significant others, is trying to get me on a ton of different nutrients, especially with the wedding coming up, a ton of vitamins, all this stuff every day. It is a hassle, but what I found with AG1 is I'm getting everything that I need in one drink of one cup of water basically every day. And that's what I love about it. It's so easy. It's so compact. And I get everything in a nice tasting beverage that I'm going to have and not have to worry about swallowing 10 other pills for the rest of the day. But with AG1, you're getting a delicious scoop of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sources, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's going to fit on any kind of diet that you're at, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement is something that you can have on those with less than one gram of sugar and no GMOs. 
no nasty chemicals either. So right now, guys, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, David. Well, Brandon Staley is, to me, probably one of the most transparent coaches in the league. And I mean, especially coming from the Chargers previous coaches who are obviously the Coaches, we heard the most at press conferences, right? And had, you know, the to Ben Stein of NFL coaches. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I mean, I think the one thing that you, you're usually getting something substantive from what he's saying, right? And most mm-hmm. coaches are going out there trying to do the exact opposite, right? They're trying to go out there and not really say anything, but somehow fill up the time necessary to complete their, you know, media session that they yeah. have to do and they're obligated <laughs> to do. But Brian Steele, it's a little fresher, right? He always seems excited to be there, and he always seems like he's ready to talk about stuff. And he did talk about new Chargers cornerback Bryce Callahan, and he called him one of the top slot cover players in the league and also said since he really started in Chicago, he's basically been always a part of like a top five defense. He's a playmaker, a ball producer, and we think he's got a real toughness, which is something he keeps mentioning, right? They want to be a tough team, and they're adding guys to try to get there. But he was also asked what that meant for Asante Samuel Jr., right? Because the way we were kind of looking at it is Bryce Callahan's in the slot. You're going to try to keep Asante Samuel Jr. outside, and you're going to have J.C. Jackson as the other outside cornerback if you're not including Michael Davis in that starting trio, right? But what he said is it doesn't force you to play Asante Samuel inside if you play Bryce Callahan outside. So we certainly think that Asante should train there because he has a lot of the good skills to play in the slot, which he does. But we don't have to do that. I think what we're hoping for is to make sure we get our best combination of secondary players out on the field. And that kind of goes back to the Michael Davis conversation, David, because he's talking about that, but he's also, you know, really talking up Bryce Callahan. I mean, look at the differences between like what he's saying about those players, right? Bato's a guy that's going to be in the mix and he's going to have to do this and do that. And he talks about Bryce Callahan and he's saying he's one of the top slot cover guys in the league. He's been since he started in Chicago, especially in our system, played outside too, has the versatility, so, like, he's not shutting any doors on Bryce Kelly and even playing on the outside. And I, I like Asante Samuel Jr. on the inside. But, obviously, I think that's probably where Bryce Callahan is best. And, to me, I would still like to see what Asante Samuel can do on the outside. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought that Asante Samuel Jr. played very well on the outside and showed everyone last year that he is very capable. And, you know, he is a guy that uh, can tackle well enough. And, you know, he's going to fight you when the ball is in the air. And that's what you want. I mean, that's what you want on the outside. But, I mean, if you look at his frame and, you know, his quickness, I think that you know, um, you know, in the back of your mind that he would excel in the slot. I mean, that's what Bryce Callahan was brought in to do. I mean, I, I feel like pretty confident in saying that he is going to probably be that slot corner. I mean, he's going to be given every opportunity to be that. But also, I think we need to understand and remember that Brandon Staley is all about the matchups. And that's getting all of the the right defensive backs on the field to combat whatever offense he thinks is going to be calling plays against his defense. So the more versatility, the better, because this is going to allow him to figure out what the best combination is to attack whatever those offenses are trying to throw at him. 
And I think the other thing, too, is just that there's also going to be a lot of safeties that are probably going to be playing in the slot as well. So, I mean, that's more to that secondary competition and just getting the best defensive backs out there. And I, I think that now the other thing you have to think about, too, is Bryce Callahan hasn't had a, a fully healthy season in his t- entire career, right? So Exactly. Like, just because Michael Davis doesn't potentially win a starting role, it doesn't mean that he's not going to be a big factor and they don't need him to really come up big during, you know, make a big leap this offseason, especially because he has injury history. Sante Samuel Jr. is coming off of two concussions last year. J.C. Jackson has been super, super durable over the course of his career. But I think that, I mean, you're going to need all of these guys to come through because if you're looking at whoever CB4 is and thinking that's, you know, a huge emotion, look at who CB4 was last year. It was Tavon Campbell, and that dude got plenty of run. Many would argue too much run, I would say, (laughs) you know. So that is going to be something to monitor as well. But one of the things that Brandon Steele also touched on, which was interesting, was the right tackle situation. And I think he said something that maybe some fans don't want to hear, which is basically – that Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins have both played quality football for an offense that was very good in 2021. And at least part of that is true. <laughs> and that is that, you know, they did have a good offense. And I, I mean, I think this is something you're saying when you have the options that you have, right? Because right now those options are the, those are the two main guys, both guys who started for them at right tackle last year at some point. Storm Norton was obviously the one that did it much more. But he was also saying very nice things about Jerry Tillery, right, this time last year. And that tone has completely changed. It is interesting that, David, he did bring up the Matt Filer at right tackle thing. So it still seems like, I mean, if you have to hit the red button, that option is still there if you want to go nuclear. And, I mean, I still think that's probably the best combination of five guys includes Matt Filer at right tackle. It does seem like right now it's, you know, it's either Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton at least getting the very first crack at it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they've been saying all along. But, I mean, I'm hoping that when they get to training camp and and they really actually see them with the pads on and they see everyone and they hope they rotate, you know, several guys at that right tackle position, not just Storm, not just Trey Pipkins. Throw Jamari Sawyer out there, too. Throw Zion, I mean, even throw Zion out there. It, I mean, he has experience. They both have experience playing tackle in college. So <laughs> I feel like Zion it's... <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm just saying is like, don't just... Don't just settle with those two guys, you know, put a bunch of guys and put Matt Fowler out there too. I want to see, I want the coaches to see the best combination, which you have to throw everyone out there to do that. So I don't think it just should be a two man competition. I just feel like they need to bet, get the best comp, you know, best guys out there. And I feel like you, that Matt Fowler is the best right tackle on this team. I just hope that they don't come to that conclusion too late. And I mean, moving Matt Filer, at least as we see it right now, seems like the best option, right? But I mean, really, the best option is you get to keep Matt Filer at left guard and Trey Pipkins comes out and continues the play that he had in the very small sample size that we saw last year. And I agree. We talked about before. I mean, he's going to be going up against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa in practice. So, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of place to hide there, right? But I do push back on the notion of, you know, hey, we were a really good offense. Don't forget about that. Don't worry about the whole right tackle. We were so good, you know, just because it's like, okay. I mean, that's what you probably have to say, I guess, just because it's like this is who you have at this point and there's not any really clear options or maybe clear plans to go out and try to fix it outside of the roster right now. So I do think that, 
those guys battling out, it's always what we thought. He's putting voice to it. I don't know if he had said that specifically to this point, that it is those two and they will be battling it out and there won't be any starting position or incumbent starter or how much of an effect that's going to have on it. I don't think Storm Norton, just because he started last year, is going to just be, you know, given a huge leg up in this competition. I mean, I think right now it is a very open competition. And if you're the Chargers, you just have to hope one of those guys, you know, grabs the ball by the horns and makes you feel a lot better about that position because you can't have great players at every position. You just can't, right? But if you can just get a starting play, if you can get one of those guys up to quality NFL starter level, you know, right middle of the pack in the league, you'd be stoked and over the moon with that. And I, I don't think that's, out of the question but if you do have those flaws if you do have a huge weakness there in that afc west it's gonna get exposed and that's the yeah. fear and that's why it's like i think that trade pavements could be decent and this is not something i would have said last year at the same time it's hard to have all of your eggs in that basket and storm norton who gave the second most pressures out of any tackle in the nfl last year it's just hard to say that that you can you know bank on one of those dudes improving to the point where they're a quality nfl starter out of the two of them though I think Trey Pipkins probably has the best shot. But Brand Steely also talked about a new player that they brought in and Kyle Van Noy and the experience and why they were so attracted to bringing him in and also why he thinks that the Chargers are way ahead of schedule compared to where they were going into the 2021 season. So we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the best place to place your bets with the playoffs going on right now in basketball and hockey and just how crazy some of these games have been. I mean, if you're betting on point spreads and you have these teams winning in blowouts in the NBA, you're doing pretty, pretty well. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a pretty predictable time in some of these NFL or NBA games. And then you have, you know, the Mavericks blowing out the Suns in game seven where anything can happen. But right now, guys, it's a great time to get in on the action because they also have a ton of NFL props that just got updated as well. So if you guys want to check out some NFL futures bets, make sure to go to betonline.net. And the other great thing about BetOnline, Live in-game betting, the chance to change your fortune if things aren't going the right way. I love that. There's nothing worse than just having a bet and then you're stuck with it and you're just going to have to wait even as you see the game slipping out of your fingers. Go to betonline.net because they have the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find out there. And they make it a lot of fun. Just a ton of fun bets. I love prop bets. They always have good stuff like that over at BetOnline. So make sure you guys check it out. The only place to place your bets at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, David, well, Brandon Staley's press conferences are always enlightening, and I was very excited to hear him, especially because we've, you know, gone a long time without seeing players on the field and stuff like that. That is always a good time of the year because it's like he said, like, hey, we're back. You know what I mean? This is the start of the next season. This is where it all starts coming together. And one of the things that he really harped on, and so did Justin Herbert, is just how much further along they were, right, than last season. And when he was asked about, you know, what he kind of brings into this year, Having it be his second season, he said, you're not going to have to explain everything for the first time to everybody every single day. You're not having to do that. And so I think that's a big advantage for us right now. Now we're able to focus on the little things in football that make a big difference. And that's something, David, that is really, I think, big this year, especially with how much some players struggle to get up to, you know, speed with Brandon Staley's defense and Joe Lombardi's offense, because the offense changed a lot too. And Justin Herbert's out here saying like, hey, Last year, I was just trying to get the play call out of my mouth correctly, right? I wasn't worried about all these other different things. Like, I just wanted to say the play right. And now, all those things are together, David. And now, like they said, they're picking up where they left off. Well, it's just the like to steal Brandon Staley's own words. The inventory of experiences they both now have 
right. is going to benefit them tremendously. And the comfort level for Brandon Staley as a head coach, having been through everything, having traveled with the team, having set it, set those plans, having been through some incredibly intense football games and having to navigate through the emotions of it all. And so, I mean, being having all of that now going into year two is just going to help him so much because he's going to know what to expect. He's going to have that comfort level, which is going to allow him to be freer and to be able to do his job at an even better level. Hey, players aren't the only ones that get better. Coaches get better too. And Brandon Staley is just at the beginning of his journey. When talking about inventory, right? Like Brandon Staley's never known his inventory better than the guys that he has currently on this roster right now. Because yeah, I mean, you are going to have to get some guys up to speed, right? Like Tito Abonia, right? And some of these other players that you're bringing in and onboarding. But most of the onboarded players, the Troy Readers, the Khalil Max, and guys like that have some experience in this system, right? Like Calvin Noy is going to have to, you know, learn a a new way – new way to play but he's also been in several different defenses though i'm sure he'll be fine jc jackson when you're just shadowing the best receiver on the field you don't have to worry too much about that yeah why i think his game will travel well even coming out to the west coast oh yeah the rest of these guys they're just being able to build on it right the michael davises of the world right the nazir adderley's of the world the jerry tillery's right the chris rumps and all these second year players that could have a bigger role in 2022 so i think those or I, I think that maybe we've been underestimating how much of a difference that's going to make because not only is that going to help the Chargers, but it could be holding some other teams in your division back that just changed their head coaches, right? Like the Raiders yeah. and the Broncos. And we saw how much it affected the Chargers last year. That's what all these teams are just starting right now for the first time trying to get up to speed. They won't have the COVID restrictions the Chargers had on them, but that is something for another day to discuss. But he did talk about Kyle Van Noy, Dave, and we haven't really heard him talking about Kyle Van Noy very much. But there was something, a key theme that I think we've heard with a lot of players, right? It's part of a top five defense wherever he's gone, a Super Bowl champion. He's worn the green dot on defense, which means he's the guy getting the calls in from the sideline and relaying it to the team. And he also has the versatility to play on the inside, play behind the ball, as Brandon Staley put it, and play on the edge, and it just seemed like Brandon Staley was a little bit giddy uh, for the new toy that he just got on the defense. I mean, how could you not? I mean, when you get a guy like Kyle Van Noy with that experience, that attitude, that championship pedigree. A football player's football player. Exactly, exactly. And a guy who seems like has already ingratiated himself within the team (laughs) and within the fan base very, very quickly. So you got to appreciate that. you got to love that. But as a coach, I mean, you can't help but be excited because you just got better at two different positions. Your edge position got better because he's a pretty damn good pass rusher, and he is also a very good middle linebacker. So he's a guy that immediately upgraded the quality at two different positions on your defense. So if I was Brandon Staley, I would be effusive in my praise about Kyle Van Noy as well. And it's just crazy, David, because it's like it seems like every position has gotten better and added more competition for on yes. defense, at least, right? I mean, on the edge, you got Khalil Mack, and now you're not just relying on Chris Rump to necessarily be your main edge three. You have a guy like Kyle Van Noy who can step in and be a full-time edge defender if he was asked to be. Look at the problem parts in the defense, right? The interior, you get Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. You have Christian Covington, you bring him back. You draft Tito Abonia, and you also bring in Morgan Fox, right? So it's like you added to the top-end talent, 
And even for the other guys who were like borderline, you weren't sure about, you added competition for their job at corner. Michael Davis wasn't getting up to speed. Corner was a huge problem area for the Chargers last year. You go out and get J.C. Jackson, but you don't stop there. You go get competition for Michael Davis as well. We're not just trying to upgrade CB1. We're trying to upgrade CB3 and 4 as well, and that's been something that's been super noticeable. At linebacker, another place you really struggled. What did you do? You brought in Troy Reader, right, who hasn't let the world on fire, but he also knows this brain steely defense is, and is a really good insurance plan for Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray if they can't get up to speed quick enough, right? And you now have Kyle Van Noy, who's lurking there as well, ready to go get some snaps there if he has to. So I just love the way the Chargers have attacked this defense, especially with Kenneth Murray being out, right? And that's going to be a big factor on, I think, him making that leap, you know, taking that next step and becoming what the Chargers hope he can be in this defense. And you did get a little bit of an update on that, David, from Brandon Staley. And what he said is, the timeline is for him to be full speed for training camp. And I think that now until summertime, until training camp starts, just the rehabilitation process, I know that he's going to be able to be weight-bearing soon. And then once that starts, it's really, hey, a sprint to training camp. But we expect him to participate in training camp. And I think that's good news. It really kind of is in line with what we had heard before. You know, not going to be there for OTAs, and we'll kind of go from there. But if he is going to be expected to make that leap, to take that next step, you need him back for training camp. Oh, absolutely. He cannot miss that. He can't cannot miss this time. He desperately needs it. And also, I mean, I think one thing you brought up that I think is going to be very important for Kenneth Murray this year is Troy Reader being in that room with him every single day. A guy who's been in that defense that can really be a sounding board for Kenneth Murray for any questions that he has and hopefully accelerate that learning curve in the defense and really get to get him to a point to where he's not thinking out there and he's just playing and playing free. I really think that if Kenneth Murray comes out here and plays better football this season, that Troy Reader's presence in that room is going to be a positive reason why. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I mean, I think that's definitely going to help. But I think more than anything, what's going to help these linebackers more than experience, more than year two, more than the scheme is going to be just what's playing in front of them. Absolutely. I mean, Khalil Mack and Sebastian yeah. Joseph Day and Austin Johnson in front of you now, I think is just going to make things so much more clear because I, I mean, I played linebacker, right? When I played football, I'm like, the best thing that you can ask for is very open, you know, clearly developed lanes for you to fill and make the tackle. And when you yeah. have that and you can stay clean and you don't have somebody you know, on a combo block, getting up to the second level and getting hands on you, that's when it's best. That's when you can play more freely. That's when you can get tackles in the backfield and make those splash plays and be a playmaker. When you have guys truck staking your defensive tackles and getting to the second level and just opening up, you know, H2 sized holes in your you know defensive line, that's not nearly as fun because you have holes so big that they can literally juke you inside of that hole. So, that is something I think that's going to help the linebackers more than anything else. And I, I do think the talent is better. Still a little bit of ambiguity as far as, you know, what the snaps are going to be there and who is going to be the starters when things are all said and done after training camp. But you at least feel better about the position. You feel a little bit better because your white right came back for that oh, contract. Yeah. And I'm still not going to excuse that. But I think no. overall, you're, you know, you're feeling good about it with the guys they brought in and the pedigree of the guys and experience of the guys. Last year, you had nobody with experience in Brandon Staley's defense in that linebacking room. Now you have a few guys going into their second season, a few guys who have already played in it or played in other really, really good defenses where you know what to expect, and the only thing to expect is excellence. So 
There was more from Justin Herbert. We won't really get to talk about today, but the main thing was just him being swole, right? Him asking, being asked about being swole. That was hilarious. I mean, going from last year is like, does it not look like I'm lifting weights? And I, <laughs> I can just tell it seems like it makes it so uncomfortable. But he's sitting there 6'6", 245 pounds as a quarterback with a cannon arm. And yeah, he's looking swole. He's looking swole. He's, I mean, it looks like he's going up and everything flexing. Every picture, it looks like he's flexing. I'm just like, stop flexing, Justin Herbert. But I don't know if he is because the dude is just a, an absolute tank of a human being. But that was my favorite part of his press conference, Davis. Is Hilarious. Him talking. Like, I mean, I've just been lifting weights. You know, we've just been really been getting after it in the gym, just, you know, throwing weights around in there. But uh, I mean, it didn't have to ask this gear. It's obvious. No. I mean, <laughs> it, if dudes didn't want to hit that dude before, they're really not going to want to hit that dude now. He looks like he's made of actual bricks right now. And, you know, he also ran like a 4.640 and can throw it, you know, 70 yards on a dime. So, that is, I mean, it was just really funny to see him and where he came from last year where he's like, does it not look like I've been lifting weights? Because I have been. But it does seem like he's opening up just a tad bit, you know might be wedging their way in there the media it seems like it could little by little we're getting a little more of justin herbert but that is going to wrap things up for today's show tomorrow we have a very special treat because we're going to be having a baylor expert come on and talk about the heartbreak kid david's favorite nickname of all of the chargers rookies and a guy who's going to be getting probably some significant snaps as a rookie so make sure you come back tomorrow to talk about the chargers new safety jt woods but to make sure you don't miss it go subscribe to the locked on chargers youtube channel or follow the show and follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're taking us on the road, it's always great to be following the podcast. And if you want to see us and see David's sunburns and things like that, you can always follow us and uh, subscribe to our Locked on Charges YouTube channel. But we'll also be always getting into some fan stuff as well. So if you guys want to find us on social media, you can also find all of our shows there on our Twitter account at LockedOnLAC. On our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Dro Talk SD. But that is going to do it for today's show, guys. Make sure you're back here tomorrow for our special guest talking about Baylor's JT Woods and the Chargers' new safety and what to expect. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.